Hey guys, it's C.S. Joseph of csjoseph.life doing another lecture on Season 13, which is our Personal Sovereignty series. I understand that many of you are waiting for the uh, social compatibility uh, lectures, but given that I'm in Las Vegas right now, I'm not exactly able to uh, utilize my huge whiteboard. And doing it on my tiny whiteboard is not exactly something that is sustainable. So, uh, and also I could do more tight comparisons as well, but for the sake of this trip, I just planned to be doing, be focusing a little bit more on uh, personal sovereignty and uh, the sacred genders, basically. So with that being said, uh, we are finally getting to the part of this uh, season, season 13, uh, to discuss King Warrior Magician Lover and Queen Warrior Magician Lover for the, uh, for the Mature Masculine and the Mature Feminine. And uh, I, I would like to state that I, I'm really enjoying the emails that you guys have been sending me and also the comments uh, re relating to uh, these lectures. Uh, these lectures are... Um, Kind of a bit, uh, wait, wait a minute. I think I said episode four. I think this is actually episode five. My bad. But anyway, uh, I, I'm really liking the engagement and the, uh, the conversations that we're having about these uh, topics because a lot of people don't really know how to define maturity and it's very difficult to do that. And oftentimes they're, 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 they're trying to get lucky or look for a break, you know, especially in relationships. And that's something like I never do, you know, it's like people go to the bar, you know, trying to find uh, someone that they can get laid with, etc. And I mean, wow, trying to, trying to get lucky like that Daft Punk song, right? You know, it's all about getting lucky, but I mean, I mean, I'm in Vegas right now, I guess. Vegas is the getting lucky capital of the world, technically, maybe. Weird, you know, but uh, it's not it's not something I subscribe to. I don't subscribe to it because the mature masculine uh, and the mature feminine is so much more valuable and so much more rewarding. It is much more important. And I kind of find it interesting that I'm talking about these topics while in Vegas. So... Uh, and have my and have my mind, you know, constantly thinking about uh, the the archetypes of the mature masculine and the mature feminine, while watching all of the people around here walking around in Vegas, you know, and it's like, wow, it's like I'm surrounded by zombies or or cattle at worst, in a lot of cases, as people just spend their lives joining and their money uh, joining on and on by pressing one button over and over and over on the slot machine, and they're just sitting there pressing a button. There is no strategy to it or or anything. It's just like press the button and hope, and and they think that there's this like magical luck substance that's going to you know make them money and give them like a windfall of some kind. I don't I don't subscribe to that. I maintain that you know uh, that we need to be generative, and that is what today's lecture about uh, King is for. This is uh, for the Mature Masculine, and this is for King. So it's also important for women to watch uh, the Mature Masculine uh, lectures because it's something that they can hold uh, the men in their life to, uh, hold them accountable. So if you're a female and you're watching this, please continue uh, to uh, watch uh, and listen carefully, uh, also those on the podcast, uh, because you can utilize this as ammunition, as with any of my human nurture uh, lectures, uh, to be holding men responsible with in your life. Also, you can use it as a measure if you're considering uh, sharing your body with a man, for example, 
whether or not you want to have a long-term relationship with one or even marry one or whatever, uh, if he's not up to snuff with these standards, then I recommend you get him out of your life immediately and have self-respect and not allow you know yourself to be with anyone who is less than these traits, basically. So with all that being said, let's talk about the first archetype of the mature masculine, King. And this comes from King, Warrior, Magician, Lover, uh, penned by Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette, um, some really popular depth psychologists out of the Midwest, I believe. And uh, they also wrote The King Within, The Warrior Within, The Magician Within, The Lover Within, and have been lecturing on this topic for a very long time. I recommend getting all of those books Good luck finding the latter three because they're very rare and there isn't audio versions and I think they're out of print at this point. But I was uh, uh, fortunate enough to have uh, acquired them um, and uh, other people have acquired them for me and given them to me as gifts and I, I was very thankful to have them, especially the magician within. So... That being said, let's talk about king and, and how it relates uh, to men and why is king important. So it really stems back to uh, what I said about, uh, um, well, <laughs> actually, I'll just give you an example. So um, offering a lecture at like a, at a youth rally one time, uh, it was my, uh, my series on how to get a girlfriend, right? And it was it was just for it was just for young boys, high school age uh, boys, uh, you know, some some college age, some more 19, 20 year olds as well. But it was mostly 15, 15 to 20 in that range, basically, in, in, of age group. Right. And I remember, you know, on the stage and it's like, OK, uh, raise your hand. Um, uh, right. How did it go? Because um, I had. It was all about how to get a girlfriend, and then we all brought them in, they're all sitting in chairs and whatnot, and I just opened up with a bunch of questions, and the question was, like, uh, how many uh, how many here want a girlfriend, right? And the majority of the hands go up, obviously, at that point, and, uh, and then I ask, okay, well, uh, you know, how many, how many here actually have a girlfriend, right? And the only three hands in the entire room you know, uh, many, many chairs, probably, I don't know, 50 to 70 kids there at this point in time. I don't really remember how much it was, but it was, it was pretty sizable group of, uh, of boys that were present. Only three hands went up and, uh, I'm like, I had those three, uh, stand up, um, for everyone else to see. And it's like, okay, so tell me, um, so I asked them, uh, okay, so how, how many, uh, of you three have, a car basically and I'm like if you don't have a car sit down and uh, one of them sat down basically and uh, like okay uh, how many of you have a job um, and uh, they both did they both had jobs and uh, I'm like okay so which one of you uh, has your own place right and uh, only one was left standing so I say that because it's just, it really draws a good distinction to show like with the youth, you know, okay, so if, uh, you know, which ones are actually producing, you know what I mean? Because I also did another exercise where it's like, you know, uh, like how many of you went to prom, how many of you had dates to prom when you did go to prom, etc. And, uh, you know, 
and then out of you, how many had jobs, a car, your own place, etc. You know, and and nobody did, right? It's because their priorities are different, right? So, but it it's just it just goes to show, you know, that uh, that the one the one boy in the entire room, which he was he was eighteen, uh, he had his own car, he had a job. And he had his own place. He had just actually three weeks prior gotten his own uh, got his own uh, apartment. Basically, one one kid out of this whole room had that, and uh, and it, it was it, he was he was doing well. He was debt free, and uh, he hadn't actually he hadn't decided you know where to go to school or whatever. And uh, I asked him you know why why did you do this? Why did you make getting a job a priority why did you you know and he tell me like I don't know what I want to do and I have to meet my own needs basically and it's like huh okay yeah meet your own needs that's what I talk about all the time uh truth be told actually his dad kicked him out his dad kicked him out of the house um uh pretty soon you know like like the moment he hit 18 years old his dad basically told him to get out and uh, he did he got out and he was able to get a job uh, he started working at McDonald's for example uh, he ended up uh, becoming a manager and getting like the maximum amount of allowable hours that week uh, per week at McDonald's and then he went working with someone else and it, and it just worked out great and uh, but then from there uh, he knew somebody and they got him on with a construction company uh, pouring concrete, right? And then he he was doing that and he actually, as an 18 year old, started to make prevailing wage, right? And he was bringing in some buku dollars at that point, especially in like the Seattle area. It's, it was absolutely amazing, you know? So just to see someone like that being debt free and having more financial uh, wherewithal than even I did at that point in time. I, it was very impressive um, because at that time I had like a lot of student loan debt, debt and I and I do have a decent amount of student loan debt now, um, but it is like reduced by two thirds from where it used to be. So I'm very happy that it's as low as it is and I'm looking forward to paying it off uh, as soon as possible. So, but anyway, what can we learn from this? What is what is king? What does it mean? Every every boy starts out like basically as a prince, you know. They're they're a prince. They're they're a prince in the home, and uh, they're either raised properly or they're not. Uh, they can even become like the high chair tyrant. And a good example of the high chair tyrant would be Joffrey in Game of Thrones. That is a um, a very uh, good example of the high chair tyrant. There's also the example of the weakling, which would actually be uh, Tommen, his brother, and also in Game of Thrones. It's interesting that uh, the Robert Moore Douglas Gillette. Uh, weaker archetypes of the shadow the shadow types of the king archetype is actually represented very well in Game of Thrones uh, and uh, it's really nice to see that and uh, having a real generative king hasn't actually been shown in Game of Thrones but I would anticipate that's probably Kit Harrington's character um, uh, Jon Snow uh, would potentially be that generative king but that's but that is basically the main point what does it take to be king right because a lot of the times, boys end up doing it wrong. They start out with lover, and they get the girl first, and then they are all magician-y, and, you know, and think they're super special. And then, they, you know, they, 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 you know, work on warrior a little bit, but that's not as high a priority. And then they just slowly, you know, develop into king over 10 years and hope it's all going to work out. And then it just, their life becomes miserable, and then they, they have a midlife crisis, and it just blows up in their face. 
kind of sounds like what happened to me because that's what I did, right? I did it backwards. I did it completely wrong. It uh, it cost me my marriage of 11 years and uh, and now my son has to deal with the fact that his father lives three hours away from him. Yeah, that's great, you know, and quite frankly, it's one of the sources of my greatest shame and I regret being so far away, uh, you know, from my son and not being there on a day-to-day -day basis, right? Of course, there's many who watch this channel who don't even know their fathers, who've never met them, and have not actually been able to learn the mature masculine from them. But guess what? Even if they knew their fathers, what chance do they have of learning the mature masculine from their fathers because their fathers don't even know themselves because they too are also inept? How many generations deep do we have since the 1800s-ish when the mature masculine was somewhat prevalent amongst men versus now? You know, maybe three, four generations? I would... I mean, because Gen X definitely doesn't have it. Uh, I don't see it in baby boomers. That's for absolute sure, you know. And um, do they have it in the greatest generation of the 1950s? No, and no, not really. I, maybe the last time it was there was probably the GI generation, uh, which was even before then. So uh, who knows? Uh, that's up to debate. And by the way, if you want to find more out about that, watch uh, read the book, The Fourth Turning. It talks about generational archetypes. I'll be doing lectures on that in the future, but I'm studying Bruce Lee right now, and uh, I'll get to that eventually. But uh, but the point is, you know, generationally speaking, we just have not been passing down concepts of the mature masculine and how that has continued to basically destroy our culture, first world society, and ripping it from the seams, you know. And then we have places like Las Vegas uh, that exist in the way that they do. And people are, you know, the, I mean, this, this town is literally full of weekenders, you know, people who live for the weekend, they just get their paycheck and they come here and they squander it for just one good time and then it's over and then they return to their, their misery again. It's like the prodigal son story on repeat over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's, it's really noxious and toxic and not something I would recommend. So anyway. Let's uh, let's let's dive into uh, the king archetype. What does it mean to be king? What does it mean for a boy to become a man and start his path to manhood and become the king? It starts off with one thing, and that is death. Death is the start of manhood. You have to die. You have to die to yourself. Uh, an example pointed out in King Warrior Magician Lover is this movie called The Emerald Forest, uh, which is an old movie that they used to show in schools uh, in the United States of America throughout uh, the states. I highly recommend you get this um, old uh, story because it really marks out the path of manhood for King Warrior Magician Lover all the way throughout this film. And it talks about a boy who gets separated from his parents in the Amazon and he's raised by an Amazon tribe. And at that point in time, he, he, he gets older, he's raised by them, he gets older and older, and then finally he starts to notice uh, notice women and notice that women are attractive, etc. And the village elders understand this, so they begin their rite of passage of turning him into a man. And they go through this entire ritual, um, like where they like leave him out in the forest or something. It's just this huge painful trial, etc. And uh, basically, like when they and and when the ritual starts, the the village elder comes up to the boy, looks him in the eye, and says, "Today you will die." Basically, and it freaks them out, and they do this whole ritual, and uh, it's almost like they leave him for dead and whatnot. But but he comes back, he's survived it, he's been through this absolute horrible trial, this this rite of passage, and then and then they welcome him as a man of the village, respected. 
Uh, he is respected, and then he is able to take on a woman as a wife at that coming of age, basically, because he has earned the right to be considered a man and to be respected as a man. That's the thing about our society. We don't have these rites of passage, uh, these rituals uh, anymore for, for, for men or for boys. And because of that, I don't respect probably 90% of the men I meet on a daily basis. I have no respect for them because they are still boys. They're still mentally boys. They haven't actually engaged their manhood. They have not suffered that rite of passage. I had to suffer that rite of passage. My rite of passage was dealing with homelessness and hopelessness and uh, being laid off and, and losing everything and uh, dealing with, uh, you know, constant failure for like three years, constant failure. And it was insanely painful, but I got through it. And because I got through that experience, it's like, wow, if I could get through that, I can get through anything, right? And that is the basic foundation that has to be laid before a man, you know, before, uh, so that a, when, when, a, when a man begins the journey of manhood at that point in time, and that was, funnily enough, what's really interesting is that I'm lecturing about this while in Vegas, but I completed my rite of passage into manhood while also in Vegas, uh, which is hilarious to me, actually. And, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll probably tell the story in a public manner in the future, but uh, what, what happened at that point in time in Vegas was so life-changing that I just had this epiphany. And the epiphany was is that I realized, you know, the number one rule of life. And I was, it, it changed me in every way, and that is, you know, above all else, respect thyself, right? Because if you have self-respect, you have what it takes to become king. And you have to complete king in order to complete the process of the start into the journey of manhood. So let's talk about what that means. What is the number one rule, the number one requirement of being king? Uh, as, as a boy becoming a man, and then as a man, he has is, he is become king. What is the requirement to become king? If you want to become king, what is the requirement? That is the following. You, as a man, must always, 100% of the time, for the rest of your life, always produce more than you consume. Produce more than you consume. That means you need to be generative because the king archetype, the energy of the king is all about being generative. It is the generative force. Another way to look at that is the obelisk sitting in front of the Luxor Hotel just down Vegas Boulevard. Wow, all the, all the, all the imagery and symbology is coming to me, and it's kind of interesting that I'm actually here in Vegas talking about this. Uh, it's an uh, interesting synchronicity, if you know what I mean. But I'm sorry, the, I don't know if you guys know, but obelisks are, obelisks are basically phalluses. They're giant penises. That's what they re represent, the, the generative force of man, basically. And that is the symbol of the king. The symbol of the king is the obelisk. It is the uh, it is the symbol of the generative force in that regard, uh, according to uh, Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette in, in King Warrior Magician Lover, for example. And uh, you have to be generative. You have to produce more than you consume. Think about that. Imagine a king who just doesn't consume more than he that that consumes more than he produces. Oh, that sounds like Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones. Great. 
Yes, that's an example of, you know, a king who is a total loser, who is not producing, he is not generative, he's just consuming everything that he conquered. Wahoo, you know. That's not a king that anyone can really be loyal to. And guess what? His own wife killed him, you know, because she wasn't loyal to him. Because And, and you know what? Later in the story, you find out she wanted to be loyal to him. She wanted to have that relationship. She thought it would be fantastic to be his wife, and it turned out to be, like, a total sham. And then she ended up maintaining her incestuous relationship with her brother anyway. But she was, for a time, willing to give that up because she thought... Robert Baratheon would be right for her, but instead, he was not producing more than he consumed, and as a result, she lost respect for him, and then she's back to her incestuous relationship with her brother. So, a lot of good that did everybody, right, in that story. So, but, you don't want to be Robert Baratheon, because in order to even gain a kingdom, you have to be producing in order to have a kingdom, because a kingdom is all about, you know, you have your castle and you have your subjects, right? If you're not producing more than you consume, then how is it you're able to take on subjects? How is it you're able to have children? How is it you're able to have a wife? How is it are you to have a girlfriend? How is it you are able to have anyone? You can't. Because you are not producing more than you consume. That is the number one rule of the king. If you want to be king, you have to produce more than you consume. That also includes debt and financial management, guys. So if you're constantly making bad financial decisions, then you are at risk of consuming more than you produce. And it's no wonder the women in your life start losing respect for you, right? Oh, and because they're losing respect for you, your relationship breaks down because that inhibits your ability to love her. But, I mean, you shouldn't be loving her anyway, and you shouldn't be in a relationship with her anyway because you're not producing. Because you're lacking in nobility. Because remember, king, warrior, magician, lover, the mature masculine is the thing that charges up the nobility, you know, the thing that makes men attractive to women, nobility, men's capability, right? Uh, to produce more than he consumes, to be generative, and to constantly be growing and not stagnate, right? Because it's one thing to be stagnant and not grow, which also hurts your nobility, but it's another thing to consume more than you produce. Wow, if, you, if, you, if you're watching this lecture right now and you consume more than you produce, guess what? That makes you a loser. You're a loser, and I do not respect you. If you consume more than you produce, and you're a man... I do not respect you. You are a loser. And you are not somebody I would desire to associate with at all. The number one thing is you have to produce more than you consume. You have to take responsibility and meet your own needs. We talk about the four pillars of self-intimacy all the time. Needs, boundaries, or standards, boundaries, and goals, right? And you meet your needs by living by the fist, which is faith, family, fitness, finance, and friends. Those are like the five basic needs that every human being has to master on their own, and then they have got the first pillar done, needs, and then they move on to standards, the thing that holds the, that they, the standard that they hold themselves to, to be able to continue to meet their own needs, and then boundaries that they set up for other people to not inhibit them from meeting their needs. And then after they got the three pillars up, they can have the fourth pillar, which is personal goals, and they finally know what they want, right? But as a king, your job is to be generative. So that means if you don't have a job, if you don't have your own place, like if you're living with a, like a roommate, for example, you're still a loser. 
I'm sorry, you're still a loser. As a man, you need to have your own place. That's, that's what it takes to be king. If you, you have not completed manhood, if you got a roommate, you're, you, you know, you're not living independently on your own, able to live on your own steam alone by yourself, sorry, if you can't do that, you're a loser. Now, some of you obviously make decisions based on, you know, how you live and, uh, oh, I don't want to be alone. I could get my own place, but I have roommates because I'm an extrovert and I just don't want to be by myself because that would just drive me crazy. Okay, sure, I can see that, but the thing is, like, to get really high quality women, for example, uh, if you know if you want to take on a wife or 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 a, or a girlfriend or have a woman in your life, it's really nice to have your own castle to bring them to, right? And you can like show your castle to them, and they're like, "Oh wow, this guy is really doing it on his own." I have so much respect for him. I'm even more attracted to him than I was before. Oh. Yeah, you might want to think about that. You know what I mean? It's so much easier, you know, to attract women if you have like your own castle. Like be be aware of that, you know? And it's part of the mature masculine. You should literally have your own place. I'm sorry. That that's that's the standard and I don't care if you don't like it. That's the standard, you know? Get your own place, get your own castle. Kings have their own castle, right? It's a, it's a representation of their nation, you know, their nation being their house, their the, the, their surname, their name, who they are, right? Uh, you know, first of his name, right? Uh, you hear that in Game of Thrones all the time, and that's where that comes from. Your name is your house, and your house needs to be represented by you having your castle as king because you produce more than you consume, right? Again, this is why I teach young children you know, I tell them, I never ask them, what do they want to be when they grow up? I always ask them, what are you going to do to meet your own needs when I am no longer going to be meeting your needs? Or when your parents are no longer going to be meeting your needs for you? What are you going to do? That is the question. Because if they're focused on meeting their own needs, they'll realize at 16 that they should probably get a job then and get a car then. For example, at that, at that youth rally, we had a few 15-year-olds, uh, and uh, they got together, and they went out and got a whole bunch of bottles and cans and, uh, and trash together, and they took it to the recycling center, and they got some money for that, and they kept on doing this, and they did it for about two months, and then they each saved up about $500 from that, and uh, one of them specifically uh, took half that money and bought himself a... Uh, uh, um, yeah, actually, he was 18 at the time. Uh, he, he bought himself, after doing this, he bought himself uh, a certification. He got himself a certification. He got forklift certified. Insert forklift memory here. Yes, the forklift certification. He got OSHA certified. It cost him 250 bucks. Uh, he was 18 years old. Uh, he hadn't graduated high school yet. Um, and uh, he, got his, he got his forklift license. Uh, and he went to a temp agency and they placed him at a place, uh, at a, at a warehouse, for example, and, uh, part-time. So he was able to finish up school and do that part-time all at the same time. And by the time he graduated high school, he had a full-time job, 40 hours a week working at this warehouse. He was making 15 bucks an hour. Okay. It, show me which 15 year old starts making 15 bucks an hour, unless they're like in San Francisco, but don't even pay attention to that. I mean, I also live next to San Francisco, and I can tell you don't pay attention to that. Uh, but uh, 
what what 18 year old is making 15 bucks an hour fresh out of high school show me i mean even even uh college age kids who are graduating from college don't even make that much coming out unless they're like a lawyer or a doctor or something which is probably the only career paths i would recommend going to school for or nursing or whatever but you know just general things like like my degree business information systems or you know or game and simulation programming or or electronics engineering technology or CIS or, or computer program, computer science, or whatever these other degrees that they have available at these various schools. The bottom line is as soon as you graduate college, you're not going to be making that much money. You're probably still going to be working minimum wage because that's what I, that's what happened to me, right? I worked minimum wage as soon as I got my flashy $120,000 degree from DeVry University. Wahoo. You know what I mean? Like, why would you do that? So the point is you need to produce more than you consume. So this kid, he got his forklift license. He didn't even um, he didn't own a he didn't own a car yet, but he had a bicycle, and he did a bicycle plus the bus to get him to where he needed to go. And he was making fifteen bucks an hour. And uh, when he started the, doing it full time, he actually ended up buying himself a car. He was still living with his parents. Uh, his parents were gracious enough to let him stay there till he was nineteen. But before he was nineteen, he had completely moved out, had enough savings for uh, for a um, um, gosh, what is that called? Uh, a security deposit at, at an apartment. He got himself an apartment, uh, just a one-bedroom apartment, very simple, whatever. He had his car. He was paying his own insurance. He had his own cell phone bill by that time, and uh, and he started looking for women. He started looking for, for girls, and, and he'd go out various places, or he'd hang out with a lot of his friends, and uh, a lot of the girls that he went to high school with, uh, funnily enough, uh, one of them was uh, was like the prom queen or something like that, or maybe she was on like the student council or something. But she was super popular, right? And she was like with you know with like the prom king, you know, or or like the super popular guys in school. But I mean, they were just hoping on their football scholarship. Well, she ended up with him. She ended up with him, basically. You know, like one of the the most popular women in school, for example, ended up with this kid. Uh, you know, when he was 19, right? Even though for the most part, everyone generally considered him socially at the bottom of the ladder, you know, because uh, he also was pretty overweight, but uh, he also took responsibility for that and started working on his fitness as well. You know, faith, family, fitness, finance, and friends, right? He started taking responsibility for his fitness, eating properly uh, whenever possible and exercising, going to the gym, and he started getting healthier and healthier. And she basically saw that he was going places, right? He had his own castle. He had his own job. He had his own. Uh, he had. He had his own uh, transportation. He was debt free. Hello, debt free. Okay, and he was making you know sixteen dollars an hour, roughly about that time. Oh, get this. Get this. A few months later, Amazon hired him, and he was making twenty one dollars an hour with full benefits. Okay. Uh, this this is this is a while back. Uh, now um, I believe they're engaged right now, and uh, he has saved up for like a down payment on a house, and he's doing pretty well. Oh, and not only this, he's been going to Western Governors University. It costs him only six hundred dollars a month, roughly, to get unlimited credits. So he's working on his bachelor's degree on the side because, like me. 
he understands that a bachelor's degree is nothing more than a checkbox, so he doesn't take it that much seriously because it's just a checkbox on a resume or a checkbox on a job application. And then he's going to get that. And then he's going to get his master's degree. Why? Because he actually knows what he wants to do now because he spent so much time meeting his own needs, having personal standards, having personal boundaries. And after all that was handled, he finally knows what he wants and he's taking care of it responsibly. And guess what? He's able to afford it every month without going into debt. Huh. See, that's the right way to live life, you know, as a boy becoming a man. That's, that is what is called the correct way, right? It doesn't have to always be with like a, uh, a, uh, a forklift license per se. But I mean, even that, like even if you're like 16, you know, get permission from your parents to work, go to a freaking uh, uh, the county office and get a food handler's permit. It costs you like 25 bucks. You watch a little 40 minute, 40 minute video and then you take a test. And if you pass the test, you get your food handler's permit. If you, if you fail the test, you watch the video again there and then you take the test again there, same day, and then you pass it, you get your food handler's permit. That makes you instantly hireable. You can walk into any restaurant, any of them, with zero work experience and be like, I got my food handler's permit, hire me. They will hire you because you have demonstrated that you take the initiative. You have demonstrated that you have taken responsibility. You have demonstrated that you are not a moron, right? And they will hire you. doesn't matter what gender you are, male or female, they will hire you. Get a food handler's permit. That is like the first thing you should be getting after your driver's license uh, or even before your driver's license when you're 16 years old. Get permission to work from your parents and then just realize that while you're in high school, you should be working in whatever capacity Seriously, that is the responsible thing to do, especially if you are a male. If you are a member of the male gender, that is what you should be doing because it is your responsibility to start building the foundation for you to produce more than you consume because the requirement is that you become king and have your own castle. If you're not being king, what are you doing? Oh, you're a loser then. That's what that is. Stop being a loser and start producing more than you consume. That's the point. It is about being generative. The generative force is the king. So become king. Take responsibility for meeting your own needs. If you don't have your own place, if you don't have your own transportation, if you don't have a job, you're a loser. You are worthless. You are useless. If you are consuming more than you produce, you are useless, you are worthless, you are a loser, I have no respect for you. None. You want me to respect you? Do you want anyone to respect you? Especially women, for that matter? You know? If you're too busy playing World of Warcraft and looking at and jacking off to pornography and whatnot, wow, wow, you're a really valuable human being. Maybe you should be spending all of that time on World of Warcraft and pornography on, you know, generating, you know, being generative, producing more than you consume, that'd be nice. That'd be really nice. Stop being a loser. Like, wake up. You know, this is why, this is why I actually have a, I have a huge problem with, with homeless people. Uh, I see homeless people all the time and they're always asking me for money. And you know what? I don't, I don't give them anything. I don't. If I look at them, I mean, if they're disabled, I'll help them. I'll, I'll, I'll buy them a meal or something, you know, I'll, I'll do the good thing in that regard. But, but if they're not disabled, if they are able bodied, I'm sorry, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pity them and I'm not going to give them anything because 
This is the United States of America. They can literally go pick up bottles on the street, get them recycled, get money for those recycling, okay? Use that money to buy themselves a food handler's permit, okay? Then they can just get themselves cleaned up. There's shelters that do that. Then they can start working at McDonald's right away, making minimum wage and trying to gain as many hours as they can. And then maybe if they're not getting enough hours at McDonald's, they can start working in another restaurant in the same place and be producing money until they have enough money to get a forklift license, for example, or whatever other certification they need that makes them instantly hireable. And then they can start getting their own place. I'm sorry, there is a ladder. You just have to climb the ladder. You just have to go up the steps. But if you're a lazy ass on the street, I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry, I don't want to hear it. You are losers, and I'm not going to enable losers by giving them money. Or I'm just not going to do it. It's a waste of time, and it actually causes more harm than good. If you're one of those people that feels, that feels so much for the homeless on the street, and you're going out there and you're enabling them, you're part of the problem. Stop enabling these people. If they're disabled, if they're elderly, yes, help them. But if they're not disabled or elderly, no. Instead, point them to the nearest shelter, get them a food handler's permit, get them working, get them off the street, and get them producing as soon as possible. That's what they need. Now, I will, rec I will admit that these people often are ignorant and are not actually aware of these opportunities, but that's fine. We can educate them. You know, if there was an initiative out there to help homeless people to educate them on what opportunities they could get, on what opportunities are available to them, where they have to initiate the process and take responsibility for meeting their own needs and show them how they can meet their own needs, sure, I am behind that, absolutely. But just giving them money on the street, that is so retarded. You Don't do that, don't enable them. Do not enable them. It is wrong, it is the wrong thing to do, okay? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't even remember like, you know, Jesus would all the time talk about the homeless and whatnot. I don't remember him doing that. You know, like, like I don't, I don't think he'd, he'd subscribe to that. So don't do it. Like, if, if that guy is not doing it, then why, why do you think you should or could or would want to? I mean, come on. So, guys, remember the mature masculine. The first step is to get king. How do you get king? Produce more than you consume. Get a job. Get your own transportation. Get your own place. Become king, have your own castle. And once you have your own castle, you can take on subjects. Subjects are like girlfriend or wife and children, for example. My next door neighbor, actually, perfect example. He got a job, uh, yeah, he, uh, he did a running start program. At, at 16 years old, he started going to community college at 16 years old, right? And he did his high school diploma and his college at the same time because because uh, college credits, when you go to the community college for this program, the state pays for the schooling, by the way. They, they pay the, the high school student to go to the community college. Washington State does this too. And they, they go there, and they're able to uh, you know, earn their associate's degree when they graduate high school. And because of how amazing college schedules are, he was able to get a part-time job at the same time. So he had a part-time job while earning his associate's degree and his high school diploma at the same time. So that when he was 18 years old, he had work experience, he had, he had, he had, he purchased a car, uh, he had an associate's degree, he had his high school diploma. Now, he makes over 20 bucks an hour with benefits, has his own place, and has one of the hottest girlfriends at his age group that he could possibly have. 
and she's fantastic and very good to him all the time and very respectful respects him big time and he works out he's getting pretty buff i've been i've been watching him he takes care of himself uh, he has a lot of self-respect he knows where he's going he's considering going to be entrepreneurial as well and he's making it happen right and uh you know he's a uh, i don't i don't know what ethnicity he is I can't tell if he's like Latino or if he's Filipino. I'm not really sure um, because he, he's very he's very mixed race. But he's a really cool guy, and I and I respect him a lot. And I'm glad he's my neighbor. You know, someone that driven. You know, someone that really gets king. You know what I mean? And he is king, and I respect him. And he's a fellow king. And that's one thing. You know, when you're a king, you want to surround yourself with fellow kings and have diplomatic relations with other kings and their kingdoms, right? Another thing about uh, about that is like when you have those relationships with those men, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another, which basically means when you surround yourself with fellow kings, they all help each other's kingdoms and they make each other's kingdoms even better. And then you are opening yourself up to even more opportunities to generate even more and to produce even more than you ever were able to before because of the synergy of having those diplomatic relationships with other kingdoms and your kingdom. Here's another thing. If you have a relationship with a woman, never, ever, ever allow your woman to inhibit you from being generative, producing more than you consume. This goes back to my argument how sometimes women would expect their men to worship them, and then some of those men actually buy into that and start worshiping them, and then women love that they're being worshiped, but then they start losing respect for that man, and then the relationship falls apart. Women also have this problem too, where they can make decisions like spending too much money, for example. It doesn't always happen. It doesn't happen with every woman. Uh, with every woman, uh, it's pretty high with SFPs or uh, or NFPs. Uh, those types specifically uh, generally have poor financial management and spending bad spending habits. But in general. Uh, Women can make decisions that inhibit the man's ability to produce. And if that's the case, and like she's she's your girlfriend and potentially becoming your queen, you know, your wife, then at that point in time, I'd recommend getting her out of your life or at least putting her in check and just be like, listen, you can't do this. Listen, you can't be this person. You cannot inhibit me from producing. You cannot inhibit me from generating because the king's responsibility is producing more than he consumes. And if a woman gets in the way of the king, disrespecting the king by getting in the way of his ability to produce because, oh, you're not spending enough time with me or we don't ever have quality time or I don't ever see you. And I, okay, yes, I understand that men can be workaholics and that's fine, but... You have to understand, like, if it's not really true workaholism and they're actually being respectable by producing more than they consume and by making not by making proper financial decisions and spending their time wisely, that needs to be respected, okay? And if you, as a woman, are inhibiting your man in that way, I'm going to tell your man to throw you in the dumpster because that's wrong. You cannot inhibit the kingdom. Do not put his kingdom at risk. He is building his kingdom for you, after all so that you can manage his kingdom, so that you can, uh, you know, manage and take care of his subjects, you know, children, right? His family, it's really important, you know, because he's focused on the big things of life and he needs his queen to help manage the little things, the, the, the things of his kingdom that he's not able to do on a daily basis because he's out there trying to produce, being generative, right? It's super mega important. 
And, you know, if you're his queen, you need to realize that it is your responsibility. You are a steward of the kingdom in his stead while he continues to focus on the kingly things of producing more than he consumes and being generative and having and being the avatar of the generative force. That is the requirement. That is what is required of you. But if you can't do it and you're inhibiting the king, ooh, it's not going to go well for you. You're going to go away. You're going to end up going the way of Queen Vashti in like the, the, the book or story of Esther, you know, and then Esther basically replaced Vashti. You know, I, if you're a woman out there and you've ever been replaced, uh, think to yourself, was it because I inhibited my man's ability to produce? Think about that. Did I inhibit or put his kingdom at risk? Did I put his future at risk? Did I ask him to worship me? And then I lost respect for him because he bought into it. And then because I required him to worship me, but then he bought into it. Or maybe it was nice guy syndrome, which is a, which that worship thing is, is an aspect of nice guy syndrome. The point is, it's really important that women support the archetype of the king just as much as men make sure that it is the top priority at all times. Men, it is the top priority. There is no higher priority than king when it comes to mature masculine. That's why it is the first archetype. That's why it is the first role that you have to master for the mature masculine. Before warrior, before magician, before lover. Lover is last. There's a reason for that. King is the foundation. You have to become king. You cannot be a prince anymore. You have to die to yourself. Let the boy die so the man can be alive. So you can be crowned king and you can have your kingdom, your castle, and take on your subjects because you are producing more than you consume because you are generative. You are the avatar of the generative force. Such is the way of the king. Anyway, if you found this lecture useful, helpful, insightful, uh, please uh, leave a like and uh, subscribe to this channel on YouTube. Uh, also subscribe to us on the podcast. That would be awesome as well. If you have any questions about the king archetype, according to Robert Moore and Douglas Gillette, leave it in the comment section of, uh, of this uh, lecture, and I will do my best to answer your comments. I always do my best to uh, read and answer all the comments as much as I can. And uh, yeah, also, if you haven't joined the Discord uh, group yet, please join us on Discord. And if, you, and if you live in the Bay Area and want to join our meetup group, also make sure you join that as well. We'll be doing uh, meetups where I'll be doing live lectures or uh, hosting discussion topics uh, on a uh, probably a weekly basis or maybe a bi-monthly basis. We'll see how that goes. So yeah, awesome. Got a lot more of these to film. Uh, I think I'll be doing my next one uh, tomorrow. So I'll see you guys tomorrow.